Planet for Curious People, the show for thoughts about things you wish you'd hurt. And now your hosts, John and John. Okay. Oh, good. It has a little circle that gets bigger and smaller when it's actually working. Ah, good. So we're, we're in. We need to see more. I can't say good morning, John, because uh, we're recording in the afternoon now because you have class. Crazy. Yeah. What a, messing with the system. Uh, keeping us on our toes, John. Somebody's got it. Exciting. How is your day going? Good. I had, uh, we are hiring a new um, front desk person at the at Oak Grove Cemetery. Okay. And we have an office manager who's fantastic, but she, uh, you know, she brought some of us board members in to, to help with some of the interviews and stuff. Well, and we have, you know, well, I'm pretty excited. We've got some good people. So yeah, then that's one thing that I do. Um, I did a lot in my previous career was interview and hire. And that was, was I, I love meeting new people and I love engaging in good conversation. And I also just appreciate, I mean, not necessarily analyzing people's interviews, but I'm like, okay, how did you prepare for this? And like, what is your response? It's just, yeah, it's always kind of fun to learn about people like that. That sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like a good Friday. I would say women, right? This is probably, I mean, who knows who our audience is, but I can PSA you right now. If you have amazing accomplishments, you should put those on your resume, right. you know? Like if it if it just comes out in the interview and it wasn't, you know, like. Yeah, you, you might not make it through I'm that. like, wow, that's like incredible. <laughs> yeah, put that down. Write that write, down. Write it down. Right? Oh, gosh, <laughs> I talk about that a lot, even with my students in my 250 class where it's like, you know, accomplishments aren't, they, it's not always like super specifically job related or they don't consider it as like big feats, but I'm like, no, 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 that's good. Put that on there. That will make you stand out. That will make you differentiate when you're going through the screening process. That will make somebody go, well, interesting. Or I would like to hear more about that. Let's call them in. Very much so. Well, I think too, sometimes like, you know, no one wants to be living through a horrible disaster at work, but sometimes the horrible disasters are where the good, you know, like work stories that you can tell later come from. It's like life in general. Yeah, right. That's like, right. I feel like there's a saying, something about without rain, there is no flowers, right? Beautiful. Pretty good. I'm sure when they said it though, they weren't thinking, and this will be helpful to job candidates. <laughs> no, they were probably still like fighting through like. Oh gosh, I don't even know what at that time when that probably came out. Famine. Terrible things. Uh, Ooh, so, okay, what are you eating? You've got some vinegar and garnished beans in a cup? Is that what that pretty is? Pretty much, yeah. Hopefully we're picking up my <laughs> clinking. Sorry, I was um, focused on this week, John. It's improving my diet again. I fell off the wagon. I am really, really bad at being like hyperactive and bouncing around and doing a million and one things and then completely depleting myself of energy stores. So I'm forcing myself to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which doesn't have to traditionally look as the American standard of like three huge portions with uh, tons of grains and tons of carbs. Nope, that's not for me. My body doesn't work well like that. But what I've learned that my body does love is some rich, uh, unsaturated fats. It loves good proteins and a varied source of protein. So in this case, I'm utilizing a little bit of ham and a little bit of bean. Um, yeah, beans are good, man. I mean, good for gut health, good for like your glycemic index and the way that like the fiber in the beans helps with your body, like, um, in the digestion of, um, 
like sugars and things. And that's always something I've kind of had tricky, a tricky time with is not crashing super hard after having like sugars and stuff. So yeah, I've got, it's, uh, beauty of soup too. I feel like by the end of the week, it's had enough time to kind of like settle and all the flavors go through. Yeah. Right. It gets better with age. So there's like nine different types of beans, some carrots, some farro. Uh, yeah. And I love, I don't know what it is. My mom always put apple cider vinegar, like a splash of it in our bean soup and mm-hmm. bean, bean and ham soup. So I found some underneath the sink in the doll school <laughs> kitchenettes, <laughs> put a little white vinegar in mine and boy. The cleaning vinegar is still edible and mm-hmm. dual purpose. Icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. So I'm enjoying a lot of that. I had some nice, uh, egg white spinach and a little parmesan cheese for brekkie today and honestly i feel like our last podcast was like clear example of like when i am burnt out and not eating well and poorly hydrated my brain is literally like and now today i'm like <laughs> like honestly yeah well good we'll all be blessed by your by your beaned brain <laughs> yes so blessed so hashtag blessed but yeah I'm really focused on that diet. Also too, John, with COVID cases, spike it again. I'm also incorporating a lot more fish into my diet because you know what fish is rich in? Um, omega fatty acids. Yes, important, but also. I just threw out a diet word I heard somewhere. Like, so that worked out nicely, I guess. Yeah, we're going to work on that <laughs> diet, John. Don't worry. That's <laughs> uh, true. Right, of course, right. we've long established this is just like. The self-help podcast for my issues. Uh-huh. So like we'll just keep that thread going. Like when I walk in and see John, which I've never seen anybody do ever before, but um cooking a mic or a what is that? A like a quick trip pizza in the microwave. Yeah, it was a take and bake pizza and I just cut it into <laughs> microwave sizable chunks. Um, the inter- I'm not gonna recommend it. It wasn't it wasn't the most delicious version of the take and bake pizza. <laughs> the internal panic I felt was so real. Uh, yes. uh, you know, it's yes. That's, I mean, right. We need, so celebrities serve a dark purpose and that we look at the train wreck of our lives and can justify whatever nonsense we're up to lately. And that's my role here. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, but back to things just so that I don't leave people hanging. It's just very rich in vitamin D. Also we're seeing mm. in terms of like fighting off COVID or at least having good defense systems up. A lot of Americans are very low in vitamin D. Um, and deficient, a lot of times that's why we see milk being fortified with vitamin D, orange juice being fortified with vitamin D, because generally our, uh, the way we eat is not super fishy and it's not, uh, as well balanced. And we're seeing a lot of this, I think it's something about like up to those who are vitamin D deficient are like 15 times more likely to have like pretty negative adverse effects of COVID. So. If you're not eating lots of good fish, it's a good one to supplement, right? Well, the tilapia at the all-you-can-eat buffet was super great. Oh, good. Yeah. I used that's to... the that's the Viterbo cafeteria, obviously, for to the uninitiated. But it was, yeah, it's really good. They actually, the they you know, they have really cool, unique, varied dining options. They do. Lots, you know, they always have a vegan one. And, yeah, there's, there's lots of I was going to say, because we... I was going to hit you up before, but I ran it out of time. I was like, Ooh, I saw that they had some of their like, uh, sweet and sour, like Asian inspired dishes today. I was like, Ooh, we should, uh, along. Also, we're going to talk right through it. So, oh, well, 
Um, if you are trying to buy some more fish, John, if you've ever gotten Aldi's salmon, very well priced. I think it's like $8 to $9 a pound. Oh, wow. It's yeah, that's really good. Freshly sourced. So it's not farm raised. It's like Chilean salmon and it's not super fishy. So 10 out of 10 would recommend, especially like household like yours that has minerals to feed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's where you're going with those beans, right? You can get, you can put a pack, a lot of calories for small kids and dried beans. Like the calories per cent is calories. Very so very beans. calorically dense and very nutritionally dense as well. So like we're, we're, we're building, we're building the blocks for sure. Yeah. Nice. Well, what's on our agenda today? I forget. Oh, we, we got some stuff. Well, we got, a, we got some stuff. Mm -hmm. Got a couple more bites of, uh, soup left. I forget the, the last time we didn't get to talk when I was down in Florida. Apologies. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes, tell me. All it right. was uh, cold, right? Cold. Yep. Uh, our, uh, waning magnetic fields <laughs> are. They are waiting. They are waiting, <laughs> which is having heavy effects on the way that, like, the North Pole is able to keep that cold up top. And we're seeing a lot. Oh, I didn't know that was why. Oh, that's interesting. Because I know it's going to, right, it's going to flip at some point. But this yeah, is like, this happens in geologic time. Yeah. But we're like in the middle of like a rapid flipping, but rapid could be, you know, 10,000 years or seven. Nobody really Let me knows. give it 30. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then you know what happens when they flip, John? It's so bad, right? Doesn't everybody get cancer? I mean, it's like bad. We're right? completely exposed to all, like our magnetic field is gone, which protects us from solar wind and any outbursts oh, of radiation apocalypse. from the sun. Apocalyptic, yes. Also, but the big thing that'll probably be the downfall is it's going to heavily target all of our technology and oh, our electrical no. grids. Yeah, so this is spiral uh, doomsday prepper John coming out. And I apologize. <laughs> I feel, yeah, this we're, we've got like a Joe Rogan vibe. Oh, here, no. Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Don't tell me like, young. we're getting, we're saying random stuff. And then I go, yeah, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Oops, I but I know I do it for sure. I know there's good science around the magnetic poles flipping, right? Yeah. I mean, I had definitely heard that before. In the meantime, um, we're going to have some beautiful yeah. displays of Aurora Borealis. Um, as we also know, the sun does a ton of flipping and it's currently in one of its, uh, 11 year periods. Uh, where we mm. do, see, oh yeah, mm -hmm, where we do see some really large outbursts. Uh, surprisingly, in like its low periods, that's where um, traditionally we've seen some larger uh, solar flares and things along those lines, which is the cause of the northern lights. So, for those of us in the northern hemisphere, we may during these times get some pretty beautiful shows, which we don't knock out our solar grid or our electrical grids. Yeah. <laughs> right. The beauty comes at a price, uh, John. That is life on earth, baby. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, Florida. I, uh, so I found a fun I found a fun infographic thingy I want to share. Tell me with about you. it. So it is let me see if I can um I wanna like put it on the oh I don't oh I could share screen. Mm -hmm. I know that no one else can experience the screen sharing, but well, I'm gonna do it. Oh nice work. So so this is fun. So this is an infographic and it starts in 1850 and goes to 2020. And for each state in the union, it shows whether you were born outside of the United States, like for the residents of that state, mm -hmm. were they born outside of the United States? Were they born elsewhere in the United States or were they born in Wisconsin or in the state? Oh, yep. Yep. I see. 
And it's fun. If you go look at, right, I and mean, if you go look at Wisconsin, right, and look at all the other states, right, what's pretty unique about us? Um, we are. Like, are you talking currently or originally? No, back in the day. Back in the back day. In the old times. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's to me, like, I have a little more heavy saturation of people born outside the United States. Yeah, right. If you look, I think we out. Yeah. Outside the U.S., like basically everybody, yeah, maybe California, I mean, Hawaii, but that's cheating because you know if you were born in Hawaii, you're still outside the U.S., I guess. True. And uh, you know, at before statehood, and then um, yeah, Idaho was pretty high, but yeah, I mean, like, oh, wow, we were. I mean, you know, again, we don't think uh, right. If you're like, oh, which state in the U.S. is the number one state for foreign-born immigrants? You know, it, you wouldn't. You know, wouldn't typically say, say, oh yeah. Wisconsin, right? But that's the way it was in 1850. And, right, that's my family history. Like, the, you know, all of my people were like, you know, immigrant interlopers from Denmark Mm -hmm. around, you know, not not 1850, more like 1870, 1880. But yeah, like we were, right? My grandma was, uh, spoke, she, she, English was her second language. She learned Danish first. Ooh, yeah, I would say, and uh, my folks are my folks. My heritage, yeah, too, is very, Germanic-esque region. I think I had like, well, Germany has changed shapes and sizes quite a few times, but like more sort of towards the French border and then up towards like the Polish border, but then also like, oh, it's scaling back towards the, um, oh, I can't think of it. St. John Newman, who is the patron saint of Catholic education is from the same area. Bohemian, like the, the Bohemian. Oh yeah, countries. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and probably like North. Also, I feel like you're, yeah, someone's very like Wisconsin today to Smithsburg. That's a fun good. It's really cool. And, and I guess, all right, so that's the 1850 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the 2020 Wisconsin is not, we're up on the low end of, you know, immigrants. Yeah. Right, but probably in the middle, I guess, right? But so where, yeah, so if we look at this, where's the big, you know, where's the home to foreign born Americans now? Uh, Connecticut is a big one, right? Let's see where else is New York. And also like looking at places like West Virginia, uh, Mississippi, um, where are some of the others that literally have very few populations coming from anywhere outside of the United States, Yeah, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky. (laughs) So South Carolina is weird in that in 1850, literally everyone came from South Carolina. And now, like, fully half of people in South Carolina aren't from South Carolina. But we look at areas. So that's, like, an interesting. Yeah, we look at areas yeah. like Charlotte, which are, like, number one metropolitan areas growing in the United States. So I'm sure, like, the different, right. that's probably having an influence on it as well. You know, one surprise, when I, before I opened this up, I was like, oh, this, I mean, California is going to be, like, all orange or whatever, right? It's going to be maximally born outside of the United States. And it's pretty high, mm-hmm. like, for its whole history. But, um, you know, Compared to Utah and Arizona and Nevada and Montana, it's like kind of samey, right? Yeah. Like not lately. Montana is not so much lately, but a lot of those are kind of about what California looks like up to, to even today, I would say. Like Nevada in particular, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. So Yeah, the Dakotas are kind of interesting. Nebraska as well. It is. Yeah, we wouldn't think, right, 1850, 1860, 1870, North Dakota is like hugely foreign born right it's like half foreign born so yeah it's just it's like fun thinking about 
Um, you know, it's like this, it's, it's a, it's interesting history, but all in a picture. Yeah. So. Oh, Jen, I was going to talk about, since we're talking about interesting history, I was going to tell you about one of my cool, so one of my favorite things to do down in Florida is fossil hunting. Oh, yes. We, I'm excited for this. You teased this earlier, I, so now I'm like wiggly in my chair. Right? Okay, yes. So yeah. Love fossils. Um, Florida has a very interesting, very rich history in terms of number one, it's one of the flattest states, actually is the flattest states in the United States and the majority of its um, life as uh, a piece of the continent in the U.S. has been above water and then underwater again and above water expanding out in the Gulf and then receding to where it currently is now. So throughout the time and all those different uh, geological eras, it has seen a huge wide range of uh, different both tertiary-like species, so like giant sloths and horses and woolly mammoth and um, to like more um, like water, I can't think of the word, water creatures. Not all fish because they do have bones. Um, but all sorts of really, really unique fossils. So like when we go down there, um, I'll go down to the Peace River and I'll pan for like, uh, megalodon teeth. Uh, I find a lot of horse teeth. I find tons and tons of just regular, like sand shark, lemon shark, um, different shark species. Um, lots of like, um, duong bones, which are like a giant, um, extinct manatee. Um, yeah, huge, I have a ton of like rib bones from them and just really cool pieces. Um, I forgot where I was going with this, but my shark tooth collection is probably not Megalodon, but other fossilized teeth is probably like at least 10,000 plus. Like I have this gigantic vessel full of shark teeth. Wow. I love finding stuff. I don't know why, but I am a wannabe paleontologist at heart. Oh, when I was, well, this is like. I don't know. That's part of the joy of being the academy. Maybe is nobody can tell you what you're not allowed to be interested yeah, in. Do like, that. Do that. Uh, My job is to care about trilobites. Um, which do we know? So you may already know. Number one, my favorite fossil. Two, Wisconsin State fossil. No, I did not know mm -hmm. that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. Very cool. But while I was down there, I. It's just really cute. So we're located like in the Nokomis area. My parents have a home down there that I was doing some work on, dealing with some really grumpy neighbors. Um, um, just always so fun. But <laughs> I found some or this like cool little rock shop that had all these fossils for sale. Like really good. They come from Morocco. These particular ones. But I picked up a really nice Orthoceros fossil, which is like Ooh. the pre. Uh, what would you call that? Ancestor, predecessor? What is that word? Predecessor? Predecessor? Sure. And yeah, ancestor, I think too. Yeah, whatever it is. To, I love like the common day squid. And so there's like these really oh. long kind of, oh, I can share. Now I can share my screen. Oh, right. Here, I'll stop. I'll stop. It's rude. We're like sharing each other cool things to look at, and it's an audio podcast. Oh, we'll just have to like, be very discreet. Oh, never mind. I don't have the ability to because you disable screen Oh, wait, I can, I can right-click your face. Right-click your right face. Right-click my face. Done. Cool. Now I, now I'm able. But it pretty much looks just like this. So, are you able to view? It's, it's at 
Oh, mm-hmm. so they're really oh wacky. Mm-hmm. So they're uh, for those for those listeners, uh, they generally they could get up to like sixty inches long. But the specific specimen that I have are about like six to eight of them clumped together, and they are about probably about nine inches long. And they are, and where you can see kind of that white part that's polished off, John. Those are yeah. So as the squid would grow, they would grow by developing new cavities. So they were. Um, so like this, like the tip at the end would be the youngest and the smallest cavity. And as they would continue to grow out, they would build large or larger cavities. Yeah. It looks like a railroad spike with like a cool stripey horizontal pattern, yeah. but, but that's actually chambered. Something. So in a lot of times too, they're found with like some of the most popular fossils, which are the ammonites, which are like, uh, again, predecessors to like today's snails. Uh, and that's, uh, usually found in Morocco, which, um, do you know why so many sea fossils are found in Northern Africa, particularly the no, Sahara I Desert? No, I have no idea. It used to be a no. big old ocean. Now it's one of the driest places really? on the earth. Uh-huh. Huh. Yep. So very intriguing. I love rocks and I love fossils. <laughs> well, 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 cool. That's like... What a, you know, you're finding fun things to do in Florida that doesn't involve going to Disney. Oops, sorry, John. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, you're, you're like naming my trauma here. Actually, I loved Disney uh, trip, but yeah, I'm sorry not to touch my, it's like, I did you know. see their, the new restaurant where you eat in outer space? No. Yeah. It looks super cool. I mean, I'm assuming it's done with like TVs for windows yeah, or something, but, like but you go up into this elevator that shoots you up the sky and then it's like yeah you eat above earth's atmosphere i think it's a new epcot uh installment that sounds amazing yeah very intriguing mm-hmm. i know they have my family was passing around this whole big thing they have like a it's a hotel but it's a star wars hotel mm-hmm. and they send you on missions so you're like bunking in this spaceship but they but then you go out and yeah there's it's like a yeah, it's a themed experience then you get to like go ride some of the star wars rides and then come back cool I, I mean I have no idea how many the dollars it takes to do that, but I probably a those lot. like experiences I am such a sucker for. Like everything from as dumb as they some people think they are. I love escape rooms. I love puzzle based things. I love hints. I don't know what it is. I'm just uh I love problem solving, I guess. Or um what was I even gonna add? Yeah, just all those little I don't know, it's like oh, back in the day when geocaching was a big thing. Did you ever do that? Um, yeah, yeah. I love geocaching too. I actually, <laughs> I hid one before I left for college in my parents. So my parents lived dead on dead end. And I like, this was like eh, 10 years ago. So like geo, like, uh, like our cell phones weren't as, uh, tied in as well to the satellites as they are now. So like I had gotten some coordinates of right thought I had hit it. Oh, sure. And it was like relatively close to like the end of the cul-de-sac. But like I, uh-huh. the coordinates that I chose, like was winding people like up into my parents' front yard, like in the bushes. We've <laughs> had probably my dad has said like a hundred to like 150 people that he has had to like redirect to the end of the cul-de-sac. <laughs> and I don't know how to log it and change it or get rid of it. So it's just like. Right. I'm so, someone's going to turn this into an NFT, right? Like, oh, you get, we mint one token a day. And if you get to 
the following address. You get it. Mm, I think that somebody should be honest. Some somebody. All right. Ooh. Hey. So I want to. Sh- I want to show. We can. We, we can even tie this in. So, um, interesting things happened in artificial intelligence this week. So this first one. So OpenAI. I think. Mm-hmm. Has a smaller, they were, uh, maybe this is an open AI. It was, which group is this? I forget. The, so there's, there's a, a model that does text to image. So you type something and then it paints you a picture based mm-hmm. on, you know, what you typed. And, um, so that they're, and they're using that. What you can do is like take a photo and then like draw a circle around the top of someone's head and said, Hey, give this person a white hat. And then it will like, you know, Photoshop in a hat. And it's great. Like it works really well for all those things, which is cool. So they have a smaller version, mm-hmm. a much smaller version that's available for the, uh, the public to play around on. So I thought something we could do for fun, just for a little bit is, um, come up with something that we'd want to see painted and see what it looks like. Okay. So do you, so so I'm do gonna, you want me just to shoot I'll up share the words? screen? Yeah. Well, here you go. I'm going to share it so you can see it. And yeah, we'll just, you know, so this is, all right. The one, the example that's up here right now is a painting by Zetislav Bagzinski. And then down here is the computer painting. And they're kind of pretty. It is. So what do we want to see? Then we'll come back to it because it has to think for a while. So So am I just throwing out just, can it just be individual words or does it have to be a full string of words? It could be an entire sentence. It could be individual words. I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to use a natural language processing algorithm to turn into something. I did like, uh, a field with cows in front of a castle cassette futurism. What if, and I got me some cows in front of a castle. And what if we did a cat taking a math test? Love it. Okay, let's do it. And do we want to add some scenery in a haunted castle? In a haunted castle. <laughs> All right. We, this is probably going to die horribly, but we are going to do it anyway. All right. Hold on. I have to, I have to reconnect my, this is all, this is on what's the, what's this website? Uh, collab research, Google research collab.com or if whatever. If this turns out, we can make t-shirts out of it. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. Right. If it does, that's and totally they, uh, true. And then we can, yeah. Well, because yeah, thinking of, I didn't even think about our day. This came so holistically. Oh, true. It did. Okay. Well, so now this is, uh, yeah. So this is going to churn for a while. It's got to reset all the, I mean, I, I think all in, it takes about six minutes. Or okay. So. Okay. And in the meantime, so we we'll, can talk we'll about your other back. AI thing. Oh yeah. So the other AI thing is, um, the group, um, let's see who is, who is, but they, so the big, the big result is alpha code is the name of the thing is the name of the software and what they did was they um they entered the okay so you know how in chess there was like a computer program that was playing chess masters and now nobody's beaten a computer at chess in a long time so it's like that but for computer programming competitions Uh so they literally wrote an ai that enters computer programming competitions reads the problems and creates functional computer code and it places at kind of the middle of the pack in terms of like winning. Huh. So it's not winning, but again, think about how crazy that is. Like we, you know, this is like a creative task in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Create software mm-hmm. that does the specific thing I asked. And it's like, sure, I'm, you know, I'm as good as a typical college graduate at this. <laughs> so I love that. So 
So that's a little crazy. I mean, so you can just imagine, or I think some people, when we get panicky about this, like deleting jobs, but I think another way to think about it is you can have people using this as like a force multiplier, uh-huh. right? That we don't have to like struggle against syntax to create things as much. We can say, hey, computer, can you write me some software that does X? Mm-hmm. And the computer says, what do you think about this? And you can say, yeah, this isn't quite right. I'm going to fix it for you because you're not actually that great at this. But you know what? You saved me a lot of time. Honestly, right? it's, like, it's like me and my yeah. interns. <laughs> right, right. Majority right. of the time, I'm like, this was a very good stab at it. And you gave me some building blocks to work off of. Uh, is it perfect? Mm-hmm. No. Is this ready to submit? No. Does it solve the problem entirely? No. But it saved me some research and some general kind of like spitballing. So, yeah. Okay. And it can like have gotten you to a place that. Is maybe slightly different than yeah. you would have gotten if you had to slog through the whole thing yourself. Precisely. And, and that's what I always pre- appreciate too, is like, again, that's why I love working on teams is because you get all those different inputs and ideas, you know, because I not have a very framed way of thinking. Oops, 37%. Not bad. I know we're still, still churning, but 37%. <laughs> that's, that's 37% of step seven. It already did the first six steps. So Beautiful. we're probably 80% there. Nice, nice, nice. Um, talking about okay. Go ahead, John. What you have? What were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna talk about this other one little thing that I was talking, and that I'm doing in class with a few of my students that is beneficial and helpful. But do you have a tangent that fits in better to first off? Um, nope. I have a random tangent. So you go first, then I'll do my thing. Um, so second, we were talking about progress, and we were talking about um, and I was just thinking February is a relatively short month. Um, and it made me think about something I was doing in class which is the 30 day challenge, which I've heard a lot of people out blogging about, blogging about, um, but it's kind of, um, a, a tool totally like reflection based and just helping us figure out like for like what we're feeling like I personally was feeling a little like not necessarily what's my next step, but generally where should I be focusing, putting my attention to what things are giving me life, what things are taken away from it. And it's. I found in my last semester really kind of beneficial for my students and I'm doing it again this year. We just kicked it off. Um, and it's also kind of stemmed in my incorporation because there's some really lead with my 250, my branding class. I think a mentality is like, I, I teach them, you know, like to improve your mood, we exercise to think more clearly, we meditate to understand the world. We do some good reading and to understand ourselves, we write. And that's what this 30 day challenge requires. So every day, like. I recommend before they go to bed, I give them a notebook, they leave it there. And each 30, one of the every 30 days, they have three questions to answer. And it's one, what, what energized or gave me energy today Two, which depleted me or exhausted me today. And then three, what did I learn about myself today? And we kind of go through and we talk about, you know, some days we'll have lots of answers for number two but none from number one mm-hmm. and they're just, we, we free write for 15 minutes. That's the assignment. And it is created because, you know, a lot of times otherwise, you know, like with journaling and things like that, if there's not some sort of incentivizing or incentivizing to get it done, we're not going to do it, but I just kicked that off and I've been working on it and yeah, so maybe you could try it today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know. Often our internal narratives or our internal thoughts are like, 
incoherent and we don't realize it's it. Or it's like too. you write it down yeah. and you're like, oh, I this doesn't all work together, yeah. right? Like, and like looking for patterns and like, yeah, just sometimes because, you know, we're so busy fixating and focusing on like what's next that like we don't do enough like internal situational analysis and like Especially for my students right now, where a lot of them are in different paths and whether they're looking for internships or trying to figure out where they want to work or even deciding their majors. When we talk about like finding our vocation, it should be value based and it should be. And finding those values and what's important generally does come from those things that give us energy. Or at least if we find things that like are taken away from it and they give us feel like a little empty, they can help us steer different directions too. So yeah, it's fun. So maybe I'll have some yeah. day results soon enough to share. Cool. Oh, also a small plug that the Turbo's marketing club is almost legit. Almost legit. Oh, like almost ready to go. Yep. We're finishing our bylaws. So we'll have more to come on that too, but exciting. That, that's awesome. Yeah. But speak. Should we check in on our, yeah. let's see, let's check in. Oh, okay. We've got some results. Uh, yeah, that second image is pretty disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> what did we ask it to draw? We we asked a cat taking a math test in the haunted castle. So what did we get? We got, um, we definitely got the haunted castle interior, right? You made it. So there's like some fluted pilasters with some like archways, and then there's almost like a sarcophagus in the back, and then there's like a crying cat head, but it's like. I think it's just that, right? It's like someone decapitated a cat and just set it on top of this, er, this oh sarcophagus. God. Yeah, it's uh, I just never find it as funny as it. <laughs> we should have asked it happier thoughts. This is really uh, right. oh yeah, man. we can try a nice one, John. I feel like this is gonna be my like haunting my night. Sure, but also maybe just okay, screenshot yeah. that one for me because I do. Oh yep, yep, yeah. Okay, save this for posterity on, on it. <laughs> I think I can even just run. Oh, what? No. Oh, okay. Before Ooh, I thought I Save image forever. But also, like, John what's up with the other nightmare? Planet? I don't. Right? What's this guy doing? He's just he's just chilling on the tile floor, recovering from the math test. Yeah. Okay. Let's, All right. Let's so ha some happier. You said yes. something. Ha let's go happy. Um, let's do a family celebrating. Family celebrate. Celebrating what, Jen? Or you add one more adjective? Celebrating maybe success. <laughs> Let's leave it generic. See what see what we get. Yeah. Gonna run the parameters, oh. done, and then generate an image. Oh, goodness. Uh, right, we'll see. I know the We've the gotta future. find a way to to share this image. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it can be the thumbnail for the episode. <laughs> Why is there a cat head in a castle? For this episode, to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to share my uh my. So this is another tech news thing. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, so so, but but no, no, it's good because we're gonna we're gonna talk. So I spent a year as a chemical engineering major, so it's it's my time to. So, uh, so polymers, right? Mm -hmm. so you think like natural gas is one carbon with four hydrogens, not a string, whereas propane is a little longer, mm -hmm. and like gasoline is longer than that, and then diesel is longer than that. And if you're trying to make like, uh, you know, so let's say you're going to compete in America's cup and you want to make a sale that's like super, super strong, mm -hmm. then you make a chain that's like forever long 
and um and then you mechanically stretch it so they're all kind of lined up mm -hmm. and but that's really really expensive right so those sales are incredibly expensive and and really the secret is to have um a just as like a really long polymer chain uh -huh. right uh -huh. um it, so if you um so diamond is not a polymer chain it's a mesh right it's like a lattice structure of carbons mm -hmm. but you you know have to uh, squish it down super hard right, it's all the pressure to get it to form mm -hmm. Lots of, and we have right and we have we can make like through a chemical process we can make synthetic diamonds right mm -hmm. this exists but um uh but the um so this is new. So the, the MIT create, figured out a chemical that self-assembles, like you pour some stuff together and stir it, and it self-assembles into a two-dimensional sheet. Huh. So so instead of a long thread, it's a sheet. So you can write. Right, so imagine, it's not a line, a sheet, it's a plane. It's not a line, it's a plane. And it's not a block, Ooh. it's a sheet. So like, and right, graphite is sheets, and we already know graphene has like crazy properties, but. Uh, but yeah, this one's the sheet. And so that means that, um, for example, it's not uh, water permeable, it's right? Because you have, a, you know, you have a barrier. It's not going to sneak in through the, through the threads. And uh, yeah, super strong, right? So it's stronger than steel. And um, so, yeah, really exciting. Stronger so there's than steel. Lots of... So I'd be interesting. So like, even like from an environmental perspective, not having the rawness, uh, extract like the metal or like the different things like yeah. this like even just you know like what kind of option is this or is this well you could literally imagine like you could have is it a plastic um though? yeah i believe so i don't know all the chem I, I don't know that they've gone public with the formula mm -hmm. like i don't know actually if it's a carbon-based polymer but presumably it is almost all polymers are carbon-based because you want to have the um the four bonds, right? right? That's like the maximum. So this is going to wind up in I mean, my gut bacteria too. <laughs> a whole sheet of it, John. <laughs> wow. A whole sheet. But yeah, you could with, I mean, if it really is carbon-based, you can like literally pull carbon out of the air and make steel skyscraper-ish things out of it. Like something stronger than a steel skyscraper out of it. Cool. Um, that is cool. So who knows? I mean, we'll see, we'll see about the applications, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. I agree. Very neat. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here's our, what did we say? A family celebrating success. What did we get, John? Uh, well, I, it, that's a very elaborate fence in front of that house. It kind of looks yeah, like so church it's, steeples. It does. It's like they took, it's like a white picket fence, but it's actually a church. And up some steps to an entryway. And there's something that's like a Prius, but not in the front so yeah apparently at the you know at the apple pie version of you know whatever yeah. this this alien mind has decided that familial success is a white picket fence in a prius and don't know but also church attendance and a dramatic door and like so, next to it is like kind of looks like a seascape <laughs> like it's oh what is this imagine yeah imagine there was like a a it's like a blue slime, right? It's almost like, you know, like 
I don't know, right? It's like this smooth orby thing coming out of like that's in the that's in the ocean, but it has a smokestack. And <laughs> there might be like right? a moon shining through the clouds behind it. There's a moon shining through the clouds on a blue orb smokestack with a label though, right? Yeah, it has letters that on has it. Some, like strange Gaelic esque lettering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and um and a and a sea slug and a starfish and a coral are looking on in wonder and wondering it. what this giant. But okay. the coral has a towel around its neck. Right? It's like doing that basketball player thing when he's chilling on the bench. Like, oh, I'm trying to cool off here. When I think of my family celebrating six months, John, I think we just labeled it. <laughs> we, we did it. We tamed this the is, ocean depths it. with our s- s- coal-powered bubble. <laughs> wow. Save this one, Well, too. I know. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, we'll save. We'll just, yeah, save. Who, who knows? The who knows? Knows of it. Who knows? We knows. But I think, yeah, I, this might be the same, but I saw, oh yeah, it's it got both. I double wow. saved. Good job. Good job. Double save. Um, oh, other, so right. Facebook is down 20% or something because they managed to get the entire planet as users. So there's nowhere to go, but down. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we're at the cusp of all like internet accessible individuals, right? So our audience platform in terms of growth is like plateau. But on top of it too, like Mark went up and was talking about like the importance and the value that third-party data add for advertisers and their targeting. And now that the inability to tap into that, he pretty much was just like, yeah, we can't do it and we're not going to be able to do it. So, and then yeah. Right. No, I, you know, I follow some, uh, I follow some tech CEOs on, on Twitter and, uh, Austin Allred, he's the CEO of Bloom Technology or whatever. He's, his was let the record show that nobody thinks this is a good idea except Mark Zuckerberg, uh-huh. something to that effect. But he thinks Mark's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay, just so you all know, you got to remember that he didn't, that he, you know, like he led meta to its own thing and you all said, that's a terrible idea. So you're going to eat crow later or whatever. Yeah. That's his feeling. So do we. Don't bet against Mark Zuckerberg. That's what he would say. Yeah. So do, we, do we like cap in on this? I don't know. See, you know what? I don't think I want to hold Facebook stock. I don't want to hold meta stock. I didn't check. I mean, there's lots of web three plays, right? You don't have to sure. like think Facebook is going to own the virtual future, it's but just, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, that... put my money in. I don't care about I mean, you. You should invest with your heart. Yeah, straight you up. You get better returns that way anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely, John. It's beautiful financial mm-hmm. advice. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. interesting because with that has spurred so the stage of this moving away from uh, third-party data is, which is like the marketing gurus uh, come up with the beautiful buzzword, which is zero-party data. And are you familiar with this Ooh, at all, John? No. What is this? So this is like... <clears throat> Rather than um, have individuals like unknowingly have their user behavior tracked through like click, uh, through clicks, through adding things to their cards, through the amount of time they spend on particular items. Marketers today are increasingly talking about zero party data, which is um, if we define it, it takes a look at pretty much us instead of like having this taken without like any, like us acknowledging or saying, yes, track me, it's consumers relaying that information openly. So like you're proactively sharing with the brand. This can be, uh, include preference, 
uh, purchase intentions, personal context, but these are like almost looking back to like, maybe it's like a, a survey or something along those lines, but where we're like pretty much just offering up all the preferences, um, to these companies rather than having them landed on our own, which is kind of interesting because I think that consumers one more often than not have like assumptions of their intentions or mm-hmm. like beliefs and what they would like, what they would prefer to see versus like, I'm sure what we've seen through um, third-party data collection too, is more so along the lines of like unexpected behaviors or things along those lines that we're not totally cognizant of. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, what I say my preference is versus like what my preference truly is or unbeknown to, to me, what it might end up being. Um, so it'll be interesting about how I, I will say like to see in the future of this rollout, I can definitely imagine a lot of websites having, you know, some sort of, uh, as we see like a push or an increase in more of this, like one-to-one type marketing in general, more of this type of like open air, uh, data collection. I'd be curious. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where it comes with or turns into. Yeah. I mean, on, on, on the fundamental level, a lot of this, I mean, a lot of these data intense approaches to like feed curation and stuff like benefit us with better content, but like the trade-off is the creepy spying. I mean, no one likes that experience where you talk about something with a friend and it got, you know, turned into metadata by the algorithm on your phone and then sent off via text somewhere. And then suddenly you're seeing ads for that brand you casually mentioned. Yeah. Like that's super weird, unpleasant experience. Which is very different from like being an active participant in, um, yeah, in like positively affirmatively yeah, wanting certain right? data. Along, yeah, yeah. Along, like, like I'm comfortable sharing this with you. I, but also to the fact of like, it's not just an individual's data, it's just this aggregation of data that they're utilizing and then making larger decisions about to then like further advertise this with and better learn about our behavior with to better get us into these dopamine cycles of watching 15 second videos, getting a light brain reward and then watching the next and then being served something we want to buy. Like, I don't like that whole upper level of what it all really informs and creates. That's the thing that gives me the real skis. Yeah. But you know, say la vie. I mean, so kind of the, I mean, the truth a little bit. Yeah, Joe, what are you going to Is, well, like, so finance in a way has lived this with this for a long time in that for like, you know, a hundred odd, I mean, how many years, maybe 200 years, um, finance has had this great potential to like, just be a, like a, uh, just magnify capacity. Right. So really talented or really devious or really, you know, intelligent, like any of those attributes that are, you know, competitively effective are just like, you know, you can send that to the stratosphere and finance in ways you couldn't as like a farmer, right? You can be the smartest, most conscientious, incredible farmer in 1850. And you're, you know, it's only going to get you so far. Whereas if you're, you know, like Lord Rothschild and you like hustle everybody about British sovereign debt, you get this like much huger outcome, right? So, Mm -hmm. so this whole like magnifying things to crazy potential, sometimes to ill, has been around a finance for a long time and I, it's like leaking in other places. Right. So now marketing as is subject to the same criticism Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, and we'll see it in other places too, right? Like if, 
I mean, I'm just imagining, oh, we are, maybe we already see it to some degree in like the daily work mm -hmm. of like, um, administration, right. That we have all these computer tools mm -hmm. that are incredibly helpful. So we all use them and we don't have a choice about the side effects of it. And so, yeah, that's right. This is just going to be more and more part of our life. And I guess, you know, it'd be, it's nice to imagine that we would consciously do something about it, but chances are we'll probably just stumble forward yeah we will continue and to stumble. not think too hard and we're in or like i think about this in the context of like the drug war right if you go back to the civil war i mean morphine existed and morphinism was a problem but we didn't have a wondrous variety of like all sorts of different you know party drugs and narcotics that have various danger levels and i mean like so, you, so now this is like this huge explosion of all these different things. And, and then you have like this really strong war on drugs reaction to it that has its own problem. It's sort of like as a, you know, if you go long enough ago, the only, you're only dealing with alcohol and tobacco. And so it's like, you, you know, society just sort of had some social rules and just accepted, you know, there was like, a, you didn't have to think too hard about the trade-offs because like nature just only gave you a couple things to play with. Right. Um, but, now, but now we have this, what's right. So you like, this is the fentanyl thing. Like, yes, where it has like soup, you know, all these medical uses, but it's also horrible on the street. And we, you know, what do we, you know, well, like at that point it has to be conscious choices. Right. And those are hard, like deciding how are we going to handle this existing and the genie's out of the bottle, right? So you do. Right. Uh, yep, that aligns with social media, it aligns with automation, yeah. Aligns, oh yeah. Oh man, and we don't have the answer to every jam. No. But you know, sometimes it's good to like, I don't know, it's hard, it's like being the voice in the wilderness, but the, the, so then it's also the, the danger of like, oh, I'm just like, anything that's new is bad, right? That's the opposite of what we want too, yeah. right? So. We just think, we just think, think carefully about that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. We just think carefully. Even like in my, yeah, my social media courses, that's me. We're back. I do my best to help recognize and acknowledge this number one as a tool, but with every tool, you don't use it correctly and every tool has impl implications as well. So like understanding, yeah, like what's currently going on, what affects us the seven us culturally, mentally, physiologically, but also realizing that in order to stay competitive and to participate in the market and to do our jobs as marketers, like it's a tool we need to use, but like beware of the side effects and the malpractices and the general effects of the work that you're going to be doing. So yeah, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, that's pretty good for one day though. I would say, yeah, yeah. well, you doing anything fun well, this? these themes will come back. I'm sure yeah, are you, so. are you doing anything fun this weekend, John. Yeah, we're going to the, the, the student production. Oh, I, I know all about it. I don't remember the name of it. The, the, uh, they have to prepare every role and they draw a role out of the hat. And like the, so there's like 120 possible different combinations for how the play will go. One. So, and it's going to be in the black box. So when it'll be that? a nice intimate setting. Um, tonight at, uh, I mean, so we are recording this on February 4th. So it's tonight at 730 and then there's another show tomorrow. I forget. Whoa. But. I love supporting her. So students. yeah, so there'll be a fun date. Very good. Cool to do. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I have a lot of, I spent like three hours last night cleaning fish tanks. <laughs> um, oh. I got, after being gone and then letting my brother feed my fish, like it's just, he overfed them, massive Belgian explosion. 
Uh, but I'm going to be doing, I'm scrubbing my kitchen cabinets and I have these really like, like the knobs on my counter or my cabinets. They're like super mid-century. They're these really beautiful. They don't look beautiful now. Like I polished up a few of them. But they're this super shiny. They're pretty much like brass sunflowers. But they're like, like, cool. They're like, I don't know how big this is. They're like that big. Oh. <laughs> they're plum size. Yeah, plum size. Uh, and they're like super gorgeous when I polish them up. But I have to hand polish like 30 of them. <laughs> yeah, with lots of nooks and crannies. Yes, right? like the so. detail is wild. Um, uh, and like lots of ammonia. But yeah, that's that's going to be, I'm oh, also hand a couple of nice little players, but I'm just going to chill. I got to, I got to get caught up on some stuff and yeah, I know while the crazy concerts, unfortunately, but sometimes we need that downtime, John, you know, that's right. Well, when, when you don't go to a concert, then I don't have to edit in music. So well, it makes yeah. <laughs> well, I could drop my favorite song. No, I'm just kidding. We'll save you. <laughs> no, I had a good, you know, I got, it was fun pulling the, the, you know, I had a good time with the ball bearing song. We could, we could spread the <laughs> Avix twin love a little bit. I got yeah, good deal. All John. It's good talking to you, you sir. Too. I have a beautiful weekend. Until next week. Yeah. Peace yeah. and love. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Bye.